0: Together we can create our new digital leader. Connection, engagement, confidence. Do we feel we are in a psychologically safe place? Language shouldn't be able to
1: stop you from career progression.
0: We are changing the the future landscape of business, of leadership.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Changemaker Conversations, brought to you by HALTF Corporate Education. My name is Dr. Milena Coupes. And in this series, we aim to bring you insights and stories from leaders and leadership developers who create change and inspire others to do the same. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with Deborah Thomas. Deborah is a health and well-being manager at Southeastern Railway. In her role, she leads efforts to make Southeastern Railway a great place to work by developing mental health campaigns. But without further ado, Deborah, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Milena. Thank you very much for having me. It is a real pleasure. And on that note, I would love to start by asking you to tell us a
0: bit about your background and your organization. Uh, So I work for Southeastern Railway as a health and well-being promotion manager. We have lots and lots of initiatives that we've introduced, um, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm... Personally, I'm only to eight grandchildren and I love watching football in my spare time. I began my career with Southeastern 10 years ago in the safety and environment team as a team organizer. I then signed up to be a health and wellbeing champion and began to assist running events across the network. My current role as health and wellbeing promotion manager was created five years ago and I was put in charge of running the health fairs and mental health campaigns. I have a passion for all things health and wellbeing and just love looking after people and helping them as much as I can. Southeastern is a great place to work as it offers so much for its staff. And I'm very proud of what I have achieved in this role and with myself and my team and we've won various awards as well in health and wellbeing, which is absolutely amazing.
1: Wow, Deborah, that sounds amazing indeed. I'm very excited to have this conversation. As you know, I'm very passionate about change, and I firmly believe that well-being is the foundation for change. And there is no such thing as over-investing in well-being. And the reason why I was so excited to speak with you today is because I know that within your role, you're doing so much to create this foundation. I would love for you to tell us more about the work that you're
0: doing as the Railway in terms of well-being. Okay, dokie. Okay. Well, I'll start with the health fairs. So they were introduced as an initiative to help reduce sickness and absence level and to encourage staff to live healthier lifestyles. Um, we looked at absence data and the top three issues identified were stress, mental health and musculoskeletal d- disorders. Um, we, Off the back of that, we decided to organise events that staff could attend whilst they're at their work and then underlying issues could be recognized and they could then seek help and get advice uh, for whatever may have occurred. Um, So the events allow staff to have a massage, speak to a physiotherapist, um, have a health check, which includes your blood pressure, your BMI reading, your cholesterol, your glucose testing. And we have various organizations that come in to promote their services. So Diabetes UK, Prostate Cancer, Stroke Association, Macmillan, etc., um, over the years, um, we've held 135 health fairs. We've carried out over 2,000 health checks, and we've had more than 3,900 employees come through the door. Um, the data from these events then helps us decide what areas we need to focus on across the business, and then we have an annual wellbeing and d calendar that we put together, and we can address all the issues that we've um, come across.
1: Deborah, this sounds really interesting. I actually really like the idea of the fairs because they're a little bit like events. Mm -hmm. I tend to find that sometimes organizations do have these resources that are available all the time, but they're almost not celebrated enough. So people tend to not use them. Whereas by making the fair an event, you bring a lot of awareness to it.
0: Yes, we certainly do. And over the years, it's just, you know, with our success stories that we've had, it's just been absolutely amazing. It really has. And, you know, there was some scepticism at first. People thought, oh, you're going to find something wrong with me. I'm going to be taken off track or I'm going to be sacked from my job. But now it's totally reversed and everybody just wants to come along to the health fairs and always ask, when's the next one going to be?
1: Sounds great, and I like that you brought in the idea of feeling psychologically safe to attend these events and be open about how you feel. Is there anything specific that you have done to create this feeling of psychological safety that allows people to participate openly?
0: We did a lot of um, communications and sent out, and we do a lot of talking to people to, I suppose, make them feel at ease and know that what they're... is going on at the health fair will stay at the health fair and any information that we find will only be shared with their GP if necessary and themselves it doesn't go any further we will not be going to their line manager and saying oh you know so and so has got this wrong with them they know that they can come to a safe environment and be ensured that this is very confidential and so I think that's what makes it such a success for sure,
1: it does sound like uh, the communication part that you mentioned is essential to making this successful. And you also mentioned collaborations with charities. I love that. I love that you're bringing in other organizations. So it become a question of mutual benefit. You mentioned Diabetes UK and Macmillan. Uh How did that idea come
0: about? Well, we look to sort of incorporate having other organizations along because, you know, one of our rates were diabetes we have so many colleagues across the network that have diabetes so we just thought well if we can start getting people in you know people can then have their checks and find out if they might be borderline diabetic so let's get everybody on board let's make these such a a big event and make them worthwhile having especially when these organizations come in for free so a lot of the organizations bring in volunteers so prostate cancer, you know, they bring in their volunteers. Diabetes, do, and it's just amazing. And they're all so knowledgeable and can point all our staff in the right direction and let them know of all the services that are available to them. Fantastic!
1: I am. I can't wait to hear more about what you do. Please tell me more.
0: Oh well, we just do so so many other things on the back of the health fairs. We then incorporated health and wellbeing champions. So our champions will be there trying to encourage our staff to live healthier lifestyles, to hold ad hoc events as well as like the major ones that we do. Um, we're up to holding 18 events a year now, um, so which is just amazing. And then they are out there to help get the message out to all our staff, to encourage them to come along to the health fairs, encourage them to do things like um weight loss challenges um cycle challenges step challenges you know all sorts of walking clubs that they've introduced all sort of things that will help our staff lead a healthier lifestyle and try to take ownership of their own health and well-being
1: sounds great and i know that uh, you also mentioned you do a lot of work with mental health so are these champions also championing mental health initiatives
0: or is that different people that's different people. So, we have mental health advocates, which were introduced in 2018, um, basically to enhance mental health at work by providing an avenue for colleagues to talk in private and in confidence with an advocate of their choosing about any concerns, issues, or problems that they may have, and to overcome barriers in accessing support and services without fear of any formal pro- process. Uh, it, you know, it's done completely. Um, on an ad hoc basis you know you can choose any of our advocates Um, you can go along to them they'll have a signpost you to all the different avenues of things that are available which is absolutely amazing and the success rate has been absolutely phenomenal they really have done a good job and then off the back of that we then decided to introduce trim practitioners so the trauma risk management practitioners so that is um A program that started in the army. Um, It's run by uh, March on Stress and it's a welfare-led process intended to assess the response of a colleague exposed to a traumatic or potentially traumatic incident. Trim is based on the principles of education, risk assessment and mentoring and the trauma risk assessors are colleagues who are non-medical but have completed specific training to a professional standard. Uh, When they become these um, assessors, they actually sign up to a code of conduct. Um, They are not counselors or therapists, but they're just individuals who are able to listen, undertake a risk assessment and offer practical advice and assistance on what may come next, uh, which is absolutely amazing. And then from that, we then introduce our safeguarding team. Well, our safeguarding team can actually um, help our staff and our passengers that come through our stations. Um, It was introduced in January this year, and we brought in a safeguarding strategy. The first of its kind at Southeastern. It was created with the help of Network Rail and British Transport Police. Um, The strategy outlines what we're doing to keep everyone across our network safe from harm. Our plan is underpinned by our vision and values as we continue to work together to secure a thriving future for our railway and for the communities we serve. So, we have lots, so much going on, and so many people out there helping. We also have an incident care team, um, which can go off to any sort of fatality or anything like that, any traumatic incident, and they're there to help passengers again and our staff through. Or what they may incur with all the, um, the the trauma that comes with things so you know they're there they're up and running and they're ready to go at any point they're all on call at certain times it, it's just amazing we, we just offer so much here at Southeastern it really is great
1: it does indeed sound great and what struck me the most is that You mentioned health and well-being champions, mental health advocates, trim practitioners, and now safeguarding champions. So my question is, who are these people? Are they your employees? Are they external volunteers?
0: So all of those groups are all voluntary staff from across the business. They can be anything from, you know, frontline staff to managers. Everybody was able to apply for those those roles um and anybody can go through the training we have a, obviously um like a an application process that you would go through as you would for any sort of role and then from that they they would have to undergo the training that's required for whatever one of those roles they're applying for and then after that they sign codes of conduct and then they, they go out there and help as many people as possible and it's just absolutely amazing
1: it's incredible that it's the internal people who stepped up to help and that your, a lot of your well-being initiatives are based around people's uh, volunteering. Mm-hmm. Do you also get senior people take part in these uh, opportunities?
0: We certainly do, yes. We have some of our area managers that are out there that are part of these um, programmes. So, as I say, anybody was welcome to apply for those positions And it's all voluntary, so it's all done, most of it, in their own time. It just, you know, as long as you've got a passion for helping people, then, you know, you're good to go with these roles because it's all about caring.
1: Absolutely. And indeed, it does sound like you've got a lot of passion there and a lot of people who care, which is such a strong starting point what's next Deborah? I I mean it sounds like you've got a lot going on and I'm curious about your plans for the future.
0: Well we're just trying to figure out what we can do next you know I mean we've covered so much already we just don't at this point in time know what else we can do. Um, obviously there'll be more advocates and all those roles there'll be more people take on, taken on eventually um, and you know obviously you get people that leave the role So then we try and recruit others to come in to to that replace them. So, yeah, it's just all about finding out what on earth we can do next, you know, what initiatives we can bring out just to make Southeastern a better place to work. It does sound like uh, it's a
1: great place to work. And uh, I'm so pleased I got the opportunity to speak with you today. And I'm sure there are a lot of organizations out there who have so much to learn by this uh, approach that you have taken At this point I really just have one final question I would love to ask you, a question that we ask all of our guest speakers Mm -hmm. and that is what is one thing you know now that you wish you would have known 10 years ago?
0: I would say the one thing that we've taken on board is that you need to be proactive rather than reactive you know because being proactive You're you're thinking of things before they happen and you can set things up to sort of be put in place, ready for when anything may happen. So being out there and thinking outside the box and thinking what things could help people in the long run is better to get it in place early on. And then, you know, rather than something's happening and then you want to set something up. So I think, you know, had we known 10 years ago about these health fairs, maybe we could have started them earlier. Because the results from them have been worth their weight in gold, you know, with the, the, the good news stories, you know, people that have come and then ended up with, obviously, diagnosis of whatever description and then gone on to get help and are still here to tell the tale. So it's just amazing.
1: Thank you so much, Deborah. I love that answer. And thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, it has yeah. been... <laughs> It has been such a pleasure to learn about the inspiring work you're doing at Southeastern Railway. Um, I just look forward to speaking with you again soon and finding out what else uh,
0: you will come up with. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. This has been absolutely great. We like to talk about all the good work that we do and what's going on with Southeastern and we like to, you know, help other organizations if we can to set up similar um, types of roles and things you know so it's just amazing to actually be able to speak out and tell everybody about all the good things that goes on
1: great thank you so much and on that note i wish you a great rest of your day
0: thank you very much milena have a good day bye now thank you for listening
1: to the change maker conversations would you like to talk further about unlocking human potential and creating positive change either one-to-one or on this very podcast If so, please visit HALTF.com slash inspire. Until next time, goodbye.